All right, here we go again in the house 2.0. Uh, I'm back, took a little break. Uh, Scouts put me on the bench for a little bit, didn't like some of my past performances. So I was kind of in preseason yep. form and not really up to it. So uh, that's what happens. That's what happens. So mm -hmm. uh, we decided to crack out when we've had a request for this for a while to do a goalkeeper show. And who better to do it than uh, one of our friends that showed up in Scouts' house just for the last match? Louisville City we'll Legend. Chris Hubbard. <laughs> Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. That's a big time deal. And then we've got uh, the darling of the show every time when she comes on. Um, yeah. From the first Always time that we introduced on here. Yeah. Every time from the first time I introduced her to Devin Curry, ESPN. And she was so worried. She was like, what am I I'm like, just be yourself, Casey. And now she hosts everything soccer related. Little Casey yeah. Whitfield, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to be here. I'm not really on the goalkeeper side of things, I'm more the opposite end of the field, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right because i think we were all kind of fish out of water i mean i like wrote down three questions and i like kind of ran out of them because i'm like i don't even know what a goalkeeper thinks about him like should you have been <laughs> like a tight end she'd been a rob gronkowski she'd be a wide receiver how did you end up being a goalkeeper in soccer when you're like one out of 11 did you just want to be different chris the well this is actually kind of a, a funny story my cousin actually growing up um casey you might have you might have met him um david means at some point yep um, yeah, so back in the day when we were, you know, nine years old or whatever, the first year you try out for a select club, he was he was an all-star, and I was less than stellar, to be to be safe. So I tried out for the field initially, and I was looking around. I was like, it was Mockingbird, the U9 team. I was like, oh, God, I am not going to make this team. And then one day they're like, so who wants to play goalie? And I was like, it's my best shot to be on the team with my buddy. And so I raised my hand, and I was a uh, – you know, I was like the backup goalie for a few years until I uh, hit my growth spurt. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I kind of like being a goalie now. So that's uh, yeah, that's how I got into doing it. Not not a uh, not by choice, really. Kind of just by uh, circumstance. And I don't think anyone by choice become wants to become a goalkeeper. You know, <laughs> it, it's like me when I because uh, uh, I was always a goalkeeper. Um, you know, because uh, they'd always uh, have the bunch of pansies that didn't want to go in there that. Um, you know, didn't like getting hit with the ball or they didn't like, the, you know, the hands hurt when it started stinging, you know, and then uh, I uh, I was the only guy that was stupid enough to go back there. And then if I wanted that ball, I don't care if you're in front of me, I'm going through your ass, you yeah. know, and I didn't get worry about uh, getting hurt, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, so I, I was always, hey, Bromelo, you're the goalkeeper. Okay, I'll be I, I mean, I've, it's been countless times I've been kicked in the face or. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh -huh. you know, it's or just, kicked in the ghoulies. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Too many times. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cleat in the inner thigh always feels nice, too. But Oh, yeah. Just yeah one especially things. when it's uh, freezing cold outside. Oh, those are the worst. You know, and I, I did uh, feel sorry for the our first game. Um, oh, my God. Because I, 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 I was looking down on the pitch and. Uh, it looked like there was uh, glass on the pitch because you could see in the in the, the floodlights there was like glinting coming off the, the pitch and they go, oh shit, that's ice on the pitch. And, uh, I didn't envy <laughs> anybody playing on that pitch because uh, it's it's bad enough when it, it's uh, it's warm outside and you, you get the grass burned, but with ice on the pitch too, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my God. So, how about you, Chris? Did you did you ever play in a game like that where the ice was sitting on top of the pitch? I did. Well, my my college, uh, University of Notre Dame, is uh, it's pretty far north, right off the Great Lake of Michigan, and uh, so we'd always get the winter snow, the whatever the the lake effect, and we would just get dumped with snow from pretty much November to November to April. Probably so. Most of the time we were in the tournament, there there was snow piling up on the sides. You get that crisp wind just rolling off those those yeah. giant snow piles. It was it was brutal, especially for me because I don't run. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, did uh, you ever get stuck back and go like when some of your uh, you know friends on the team wanted to take some shots, just kind of finish up practice, and the keepers are like, "No, nah, I'm out on this deal." Did you, ever, did you ever pop back in there and just be a team player? Well, I will say I was officially the backup backup goalkeeper <laughs> on my club team, and I did have to play goalie in one game because um, we were winning, and uh, the girl gets a breakaway. Like, they hadn't had a breakaway all game, and I was like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? Like, I don't even know how to do this. 
And I was like, what would my dad do? Because he was a goalie. So I was like, okay, you got to come out and make yourself big. And somehow I ended up saving it. And I was like, I think I fouled her in the process, but that was like my shining goalkeeper moment right there. Never a foul if you had the ball. Hey, Kenny, who's that strange guy that just popped in? I I don't know. Maybe Casey could tell me more about this. I don't even. Did you get. Are are we getting attacked by the Russians or something? What is this? How'd you get in here? Yeah. I I hacked in, you know, took me a while, had to get a different computer, had to figure out different ways around your security protocols that Microsoft kept throwing in my face, but (laughs) I got here. Welcome to the show, Casey's dad, Glenn Whitfield. Thanks for joining us. Oh, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, so, so this Casey is a, was just in Scott's house, very first uh, goalkeeper show. This is the very first one. And your and your daughter was telling us like how she was the backup to the backup keeper. Is that something that you really groomed her to be at U of L? You know, I, none of my kids ever wanted to play goalie. I couldn't get any of them to play. <laughs> and and I think it is, you know, Chris would say it takes you got to be a little bit off up here to you play did. keeper. Uh, and and thankfully they they all had sane minds um but couldn't get them to play they all wanted to be forwards I, a couple did play def- defense but they wanted to score goals not stop them yeah that's the best <laughs> place on the pitch to play is in goal yeah i agree you see you, see, you have the best view you get to see everything yeah mm-hmm. you're the first line of offense was what i was always told <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely yep so, uh, well, the field looks really good from the other end, too. I'm just saying. Really? I guess I'll just take nah. it. I'll tell you what, the few times that I was up on your end of the field, it was very stressful. So I, I have to say, I don't know. <laughs> Chris, did you score any goals being sent up in the last few minutes? Or have any good opportunities? Like when I was just like no. throw everything at it? Um, unfortunately, no. I've been there. There was a, there was a moment in the was it the Eastern Conference? It was it 2019? That ball Antoine shot was like, you know, yeah. I've gotten out of the way. It was coming. I could have just turned around and out and, you know, just kind of kind of hooked it on. But I, I thought to myself, I made, I made a quick calculus. I'm like, all right, this is going on frame. If I then, the goalkeeper, insert myself and hit it off frame, I would never be forgiven. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Hopefully it gets there. So that's the closest I've ever been to the glory. But I, I mean, every every keeper's dreamt about it, you know. It's like you know, it's at the end of well, extra you time, know, us, you got to get up there. You know? is we 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 kind of uh, saw it in um, about a season and a half ago, where uh, we had Allison go up there and uh, yep. and put that beautiful header in. So I mean, it's, for it's us a Liverpool head. supporters, it was gorgeous. It was. <laughs> yes, it was. I, I, yes, I remember, the thing I remember the most about that game that you're talking about there, we made it, I couldn't believe how many people went up to Indy for that game. And once we found out, we were almost like uh, you gave fire to the monkeys. Once we figured out how loud we could make those bleachers sound with everybody stomping them at that Indy Eastern Conference game, I think we got in their heads so much they decided to set off both the blue and red smoke at the same time when they scored that turned into purple smoke, which was fantastic. <laughs> uh, I saw the photo on Twitter a couple of days ago from a uh, like a contest I ran. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about when they were so stupid they turned into purple smoke for us. So thank you. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I'll yeah. show you the photo. I'll send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you may be able to attach that onto here and uh, let everybody yeah, see. I, I will. I'll put it yeah. in this thread. <laughs> That's how the other half live. So uh, we've had kind of uh, a busy start to the season because. Um, we went from the, the desert of uh, winter time and nobody's playing and we, you know, uh, having to go to Mollies and watch Liverpool play, which is a bang. Um, but we've had what one, two, three. You had five games in the last two weeks to uh, yeah. to, to look at, and uh, so how are you guys thinking? Yeah, you know, um, and how how are you guys thinking that the season's gone for both of the teams because. Uh, I think uh, Louisville City has uh, made a really good start to the season. Yeah. Um, and racing, uh, they've not been too shabby. No, racing has, I think, improved a lot. And they, they kept a lot of really good players and added a bunch more. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it just seems like they still got to find that chemistry because it's a big, it was a pretty high turnover. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and um, the, the thing I'm, I'm impressed with, and I know people got down on Saturday because we conceded a goal, is um, we, we conceded one goal in the last four games for Louisville mm-hmm. City. Yeah. That, that's an accomplishment in itself. Oh, it's very good. I mean, that's, especially to start the year off like that, that's just something that sets the tone immediately. I mean, if, if, you, if you start the year and don't get that first shutout in, early it just it kind of it starts to eat away but to get come off and roll off three of them like that is uh it's big time so chris when when you were playing for the team and uh did the guys get on you because you went a period of time without having a shutout no i mean not me personally it's just it, it just as like a team goal whenever we we would you know get unlucky conceding late or giving up cheap goals and stuff like that it was more just as like a collective want to yeah. uh, just kind of push for that shutout and stay focused for it. Yeah. Because um, I know when I was playing and the coach used to, to, to tell us that, you know, the goalkeeper is only as good as the defense that's in front of it. Mm-hmm. So um, what are your thoughts on that? I agree to a certain extent. Um, you know, obviously if, if your defense is full of holes and you're getting, you know, eight, eight or like 10 shots a game on frame and you're making seven saves, you're doing well, but you're still letting it, you know, it's, it's one of those things that if, if they're not setting you up for success, it's going to be difficult to perform very well. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, a goalkeeper who can, this is, this is something my, uh, my goalkeeper coach growing up always said, like the good goalkeepers are the ones that can pull out those saves that you don't expect them to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Exactly. Everyone's I mean, safe, and then yeah, the ones that you're like, oh no, that's going in, and then they pull it out. Those are the ones that are. Well, I've seen you do a couple of those right in front of scouting <laughs> house, where you, uh, you know, you put your fingertips on it, and that hits the bar or goes over. So, uh, you know, and, and know you've made plenty of those saves uh, yourself. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's uh, yeah, I, I had a few, I had a few good ones in my time for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, now you need to tell us. Because I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Okay. Diesel. <laughs> so where did Diesel come from? It was. Uh, I'll finally spill it now that I'm. I'm retired. All right. The you know, next chapter, all that stuff. Uh, it was preseason in uh, IMG. I was. It was, it was the first preseason that Hack, Hack had, and so Hack had recently taken over. I was still injured. You know, I was like the the third string injured goalkeeper that wasn't playing. Like I was, you know, at the bottom of his worries at the time. And so I was like, you know, I got to make myself useful somehow in preseason. So I, was, I started, you know, I started driving, being the guy that drives the vans like to and from to drop people off from the, the villas. We'd stay at IMG to the fields and like I would, I would be the guy, I'd be the driver. Um, and then it came time to refill the van. And me not thinking, I was like, oh, I don't know what this get this van takes. So I, I walk, I walk into the glove compartment and I, I pull out the, the the manual thing and it says a diesel engine. It said it. I took a picture of it. It's somewhere in my phone. It said diesel engine. So I put diesel fuel in it, but it was not a diesel engine. So then later, I think it was the next day. Later that night, we were driving back from dinner and, and I, I saw I saw Glenn shaking his head. <laughs> I called my dad and like, oh my god, it was awful. Um, I, I I've never felt such high anxiety than when I, felt. <laughs> when, when I when I realized the error of my ways. Um, and so like it comes the next morning and uh, they tow it off. They tow it off, and, uh, <laughs> and it was like a few days before we had to leave for the airport. So we were now down a van that we very much needed the space to. And potentially, I was going to be on the hook for like destroying this this engine. So I was like, "Oh my god!" And I'm hurt, and I can't play. I'm going to get my contract. I was like, I was just. And then eventually, that pretty much. I mean, Hack handled it great, really. I mean, he he literally said, he just said, he said, "I want you to send a text in the team Slack to say I want everyone to call me Diesel from now on." <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and everyone immediately knew. Like, there's a few guys that I think that, that I was like that I might. I mean, I think I said I asked Tim and I asked Paolo. At the time about it, and uh, and then shortly thereafter, it, it all it all went down. But luckily, the insurance covered it. I was not on the hook uh-huh. for buying a new engine, and that's how the yeah. name was born. 
Well, did did you uh, realize that it had got back to the supporters groups? I did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, right. okay. Hack, hack, yeah. hack was good about it. He warned me. He was like, yeah, by the way, I, I did I did, say, I did say why you were, your nickname is Diesel, but they know your nickname is Diesel. So they may okay. they may be asking you. I'm like, that's cool. I that's, mean, that's I, probably the, the best um, nickname you've come up with so far is Diesel. You know that, right? Oh, I know. It's like... And everyone that I'm, I'm assuming that most people when they hear Diesel, they're like, "Oh, cool! It's because he's a beast." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah of course." That's what it is. Yeah. It's Vin Diesel. So, yeah, because yeah. I because I know what fuel I know what fuel to put in cars for sure. Yeah, I, I guess right 100 percent of the time. It fit in there, didn't it? <laughs> it did. It, it, yeah, that's the question I've got because it's not supposed to. The diesel's uh, spout is supposed to be larger than the gasoline intake, so you can't that's do right. that unless. That's right. I mean, they, they airproof that unless you crammed it yeah, but, in somehow. But I don't diesel know. Right or, there. Yeah, the hammer. They, they, yeah, you know, I'll make they, that fucking that that's, an, that's an astute observation that you have there. Um, <laughs> and see, this is why it doesn't, doesn't make sense why the manual said it. And there was a funnel to like an adjustment to put in to the fuel tank. There was an extra funnel, so I was like, "Oh, obviously, well, this perhaps is perhaps the um, the, uh, the manual was uh, made in Taiwan, maybe." Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't get I didn't get that far. I stopped at the the, okay. the engine. That's way to go, because well, uh, you know you, you were uh, affectionately known as Diesel for quite some time, and uh, you know it it did uh, you know um, help you know get people behind the team, and everybody knows who Diesel was, so. I'm glad I, I'm glad I could do my part. You know, one one destroyed car at a time. <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about something really, really important. Sure. And I know we have um, yourself, your goalkeeper, and uh, Mr. Whitfield. He's a goalkeeper too, and I am as well. And we all have our nemesis, which is that fucking referee. <laughs> So and then uh, Mr. Whitfield right there, he's he's a referee too, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm actually the uh, district referee administrator for Louisville and surrounding areas. So on the state referee committee. There you go. So yeah. Note to self, Mr. Whitfield is not a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a get out of jail free card monopoly. Yeah. Well, boom! It's like no district. Like ah, no anchor for you. <laughs> so, uh, Glenn, you've seen it from both sides um, at the stadium. What 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 kind of uh, rate do you give the referees that uh, we're currently seeing for both uh, racing and Louisville City? Oh boy! Um, well, you know the, the 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 interesting thing between. The two is that there's one type of referee that you will probably never see at a Lou City game, and that is a FIFA badged referee because they typically don't do USL games, but you do see FIFA badged referees at the NWSL game games. So it's a it's a higher, harder to get um, badge. Um, the referees at the the Lou City games are trying to get to MLS. In a lot of cases, they're trying to get to that next level, just like the players are trying to get to MLS. So it's it's a it's a I don't want to say a developmental, but it's a learning and experience for them as they work their way through the the pro referee system. Um, it's been a mixed bag, I would say. I think um, I mean, scouts, we've talked about you've got some some really good referees that I've seen. And, you know, the best referee. And I think, you know, Chris would say this is the one you don't notice. Right. The one that's out there and you never know they were there. They kept control of the game, let the players play. Um, sometimes, and Chris knows this, players don't want to play. Right. They just don't want to play football. And they so that makes it really challenging um, for a referee. I, I think I would have to say, I think the last one, the last City game, I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, the, the home game before that, where he had like seven yellow cards and. Oh, yeah. I just thought he got a little too yellow card happy. And, you know, the challenge with that is if you give a card too soon on a without a, you know, the first thing you want to do is talk to him. But if you give a card too soon, that can put you in a box later. Right. Because, yeah, that foul in the 65th minute 
probably should be a yellow card, but because they're already on a card, you're just going to talk to him, perhaps. And it, 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 from a refereeing perspective, you want to try to avoid putting yourself in those kind of kind of boxes wherever you wherever you can. Um, but again, the, the other thing you've got to remember is you're not the one that made the foul. You're just the one that's supposed to call the foul and enforce the laws of the game. Uh, and, you know, I think back to it, to my thinking when, when with referees is it's, it's either one of two things. You're either incompetent or you're a coward. And I doubt most of them are incompetent because they got to this level. And incompetent would be everybody knows it's a foul, but you didn't call it. You know, and, and a coward, or, or you didn't you didn't think it was a foul, I should say. And you know, when you're when you don't have the courage to make the call, you knew it was a foul, but you just didn't have the courage to blow the whistle. And I think that's one of the things referees have to do is if it's a foul, call it. Have the courage to make the call. Yep, half the people are going to love you, and half the people are going to hate you. Um, but if it's the right call, make it. And I think that's where. Um, referees can can get and that really separates you know the cream of the crop from that just above average referee right that ability to to have the courage to make the call yeah yeah so um chris you i'm sure that you've uh, come under the the gun from um, both sets of referees with um um in your your playing career so have you got any uh, nice moments that you want to share with us um, I remember, I, I remember the, the one time I've, I've really, I haven't collected many cards. I haven't, I've always been, you know, I always figure out, I always found whenever I was trying to specifically trying to waste time at the end of games, the more, the more you kind of work with the referee, the, the less likely they're going to be. And you can still waste probably more time than you would if you're just blatantly doing it one time, then they come with the card. But I do remember one time it was uh, the beginning of last year against Birmingham. It was like the second game, I think, second or third game. I had a penalty stop, and then I got up again. And I got up the second save. And I was like, I was pumped, and they called back because I apparently I was off my line, which is ridiculous. Apparently, still pissed about that. Uh, but so I'm back on my line, and like the the guy, the goal, the the ref is like, "Geez, like don't leave your line again, or it's a card." And I, I I all I didn't say a word. I just gave him like a really big smile. And I just nodded my hands. I gave him a thumbs up. I'm like, "You got it, man." Like really, like just I was just seething through my smile, and he was just like, "Boom, yellow card." I'm like, "All right, whatever. You, you, this, this, you're a joke, man. Like, you're, you're getting mad. You're getting offended by this. Like, Come on." Yeah. But uh, that's that's honestly that's the biggest tussle I've ever had with with a referee. It's it's not much. I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure Paolo would have a much better story. <laughs> or Nile. Yeah. We'll pick on him later. <laughs> Casey, it must have been tough for you, like coming back after a game and just complaining about the referee, and you got a bad they weren't calling anything. Or you picked up a card, and then you got a dad that's probably giving you maybe some tough love. Tell me about that dynamic with having that in the house. It's like it's like there's a there's a son above my uh, in my mom's house, and it says going shopping with your husband is like hunting with a game warden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the hardest part was like all the refs knew me or a majority of the refs like knew who I was. And so they would either like call it a lot tighter on me. So, I mean, I would get really frustrated in that, but I always tried to sweet talk the referees. I'd always like, like, Hey, like, how are you doing today? Like it's a great day to play soccer. And I always try to like have a conversation with them beforehand to get on their good side. But no, my dad actually would tell me how it is. If I was complaining about a foul, like my parents are both really good at that. Like if I was complaining about something, they're usually like, well, you know what? You kind of deserved that. Like you, you, really, you really did that wrong. So it really wasn't the biggest problem. The biggest problem was when the refs knew me and that's when they kept calling all the fouls on me, even though they weren't fouls. It was just, you know, a little light contact, right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he fell over accidentally on purpose. <laughs> I totally didn't trip them from behind. Like, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> I used to referee my sister's basketball games. I'm five years older than her, and she was one of the top players in the state. And um, junior high, I had her with three fouls, like, in the first six minutes of the game. And uh, we didn't speak for weeks. She probably <laughs> should have had all five fouls in the first quarter. And I was, like, cutting her slack, but she's like, Oh, my brother's repping this game. It'll be fine. Nope. Yeah. 
<laughs> she became a better player, I think. Yeah, hard. She still holds it against. She probably still holds it against. But kind of like you know, Chris holding it against a guy. You know, gave me yellow for a smile. Oh, but you know, and and it's really interesting because has has been a player and a parent and a coach. Uh, when you're standing on the sidelines, the game looks a lot different than when you're standing out there in the middle. And I'll tell you, there were calls when my first year of refereeing. Um, I decided I was going to be a player's referee and let the players play. And there was one, I think it was like my third game, a U14 boys game. And this kid went in studs up into the goalkeeper and put a mark on his leg. And I didn't call anything. You know, the goalkeeper had the ball and he's got this cleat mark sitting there right on his thigh. And I'm like, ah, you know, and that's horrible. That was just horrible. <laughs> but you just see the game. And then you're running and you're like, is that, that that's not a foul. And we're on the sidelines. You're like, looks like a foul. Uh, but yeah. I encourage anyone who has ever uh, yelled at a referee to become a referee and uh, give it a shot. It's nah, a lot yeah. of fun. I think if you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So, you know, <laughs> well, I'll I, tell I you that. Yeah, that that's they how I got into it. We were we were one of Casey's games when she was 11 years old, and there was a referee. And you know, I just decided that well, instead of sitting here complaining and bitching about it, why don't I go do something about it? So I took the next class, and um, back then it was a three-day class. Now it's online, and it's going to be home. Easier, but took the class, became a referee, and uh, been getting yelled at ever since. Yeah, that three-day class. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not three days anymore. It's very much easier, much more streamlined. A lot of online content. So, kyreferee.com so if you want to become a referee. Yeah, I, I was in high school. That's how I, that's how I made money in high school. Uh, and the, that class was just it was. It was like full, like twelve hour. It was like two twelve hour days in the weekends, like a little snippet on Friday. It was, it was overkill in my opinion. But <laughs> it was, you know, it wasn't. So you know, we're we're talking about uh, referees and their performance, and you know, the one uh, game that really um, brings to mind is the uh, the last home game against um, was the Houston Dash. And we, uh, uh, Race and Noble gave up a two goal lead, um, and we ended up losing the game 3 2. But the beef I've got with that game is that the referee, in my opinion, should have given a second yellow card to, was it number two, number three, on, on that um, Houston Dash team? She got a, a, a yellow card early on in the game, and then she went in on a pretty bad tackle on one of our players and should have been sent off and then a few minutes later she go ahead and, and she scores the opening goal for them you know so the pegs has won back so um in my opinion on on, on that game you know if the, the referee would have done the job the first goal wouldn't have been conceded because she wouldn't have been there mm. so Casey, you seem like you got something to say about that. I saw you like, you were like. No, because I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I remember when I was watching it, I was like, that's a foul and that's a yellow card. And the ref didn't give it. He was like right outside the box, I think, is where the foul was when our player uh, got taken out. And she like didn't make a play on the ball whatsoever. And so in my yeah, mind, just took it was the player no out. question. Yeah, no question, a yellow card. And so that just goes to show they didn't have the guts to make the call and to give the red card. And it goes back to the incompetence or coward. And she was a coward and didn't give the, the red card because it was clear and obvious. I mean, if you watched it, you knew. And then for that player to then go and impact the game the way that she did, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, I know we're all um, armchair referees sitting here saying, you know, that uh, it was a terrible call, but, you know, it, it, that one to me, it, it just sticks out more than anything else because um, it, it seemed like as soon as that goal went in, uh, the, the players on the race and the heads dropped. And uh, you, you could see for the next uh, few minutes that um, Houston, the uh, Houston Dash, they, they, they put they, they um, put us to the grinder and then you know ended up scoring too much 
two more goals and cost us the game. Yeah. So it was a frustrating one, but I think like the positive to come away from that is we got two goals in the first half. The first half of yeah. that game was awesome. I think we played them the off the field. They played. Yeah, it was the best I think we've ever played and ever looked. And I remember thinking, I texted Jeff Greer and I was like, if this is the way that they're going to be for this season, I'm excited for what this season has yep. to hold. And then to come out in the second half and just completely deflate was a little disheartening. But looking at the positive, first half, two goals and a half by two new players. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, and actually, you know, if you were standing down at Scouts' house, because we've been really lucky this year because most of the goals have been scored right in front of Scouts' house. But the, uh, the second goal, uh, was it Jess McDonald that scored it? Um, the second it left her boot, you knew it was in. Because from my point of view in Scouser's house, you know, the goalkeeper won't get into it. And, you know, I don't know how they, they, they're going. Because it wasn't really a hard-struck ball. It was just kind of, uh, it, she toe-poked it and it just kind of looped into the net. But as, as soon as it left the boot, you, you knew it was going in. So we've seen some different styles in play this year, uh, obviously, because we've got a new coach over at racing with Chris. And, you know, this is Danny's first year with his full team. So, Chris, I'm going to come to you on this uh, first is I'm seeing like Brian Holmby dropping back into the six <laughs> numerous times during a game. There's a lot more rotation that's happening. I know Casey, you're watching from there, but Glenn, you've got a different eye from seeing it from the middle of the pitch. So. Going to you first, Chris, because you've got that quarterback position sitting back there. Yeah. And and so you're back now a little bit further when you're hanging out with us back in Scouse's house, <laughs> uh, about 12 feet further, but it's still, you know, a similar view. What does it look like to, for me uh, as just a casual novice observer? I'm seeing a lot more movable parts where people aren't as defined in a position, going with a little bit younger squad, a little bit more speed um, and some new faces. Yeah, it seems to me that they're a little bit more fluid this year. I mean, Danny, I mean, pretty much as long as I've been at Little City, it's just we've been very good at moving off the ball in the interchange, specifically in the midfield, with the midfield three and the wingers, and then sometimes the the nine. Is we have always been very good at, at rotating. Um, but this year, it seems that you know on the offensive end, Danny has lended them a little bit more freedom, or maybe they've just you know, maybe they just found it. To, you know, to 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 just be more easy easy going when when they're when they're when they're rotating a lot like that, but uh, I th I think they've I think they've looked great so far, to be honest. Just uh just need to tighten it up a little bit in front of goal, but you know that that will come with with games. Casey yeah, got the birds. Up. Casey's got the right. bird's eye view up there. You're sitting up there. What about sixty feet above the pitch? Fifty feet above the fit pitch? What are you seeing? Oh, it's really fun to watch the game from up there because I'm the type of person that watches more of what happens off the ball than what's right. happening on the ball because I think that that tells the true story of the game. And one thing that I've really been noticing is just the movement off the ball has been so proactive so far this season instead of more reactive, which we've had in the past. And I think the biggest difference, too, is the relationships and the connection between the players. I feel like is extremely strong starting off this season, whereas last season I feel like we had to kind of work through some things before we were able to really have that flow and the cohesive movement off the ball and off of each other. And so that's been really exciting to see, especially with the outside players, the movement off the ball with those two players, whether it's Manny Perez and Jorge Gonzalez or Amadou Dia and Brian Ombi, I think the interchange between them has been really <laughs> exciting. Um, and then yeah. – I think the biggest struggle, like Chris says, right in front of goal, I think we do all the pretty work, all the hard work to get all the way up to, you know, the final third, and then we're just not as sharp as we should be. And that just comes with practice. But overall, I think it's a strong start. And um, another thing I'm really excited about, too, is the depth. We have so much depth in each position, and it's going to allow us to bring a different look each game, depending on what the other team has or brings. And Glenn, to you on this finally, because you're like it used to be in the middle of a snow globe, right? You're standing there and watching everything kind of happen around you as a, as a referee in the center of the pitch or moving around that. It has to be a little bit different look for you because I'm sure you look at it a little bit differently than what you used to look at it just when you were on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like Casey said, the movement off the ball and the positioning and getting ready for that, not the not the first pass, but the second pass, right? And it's really been been ideal and 
uh, you know, if you're if you're out there in the middle as a referee, the worst thing is that you're always looking for passing lanes and making sure you're not getting in the way. But I, I really have been impressed, especially with our defensive mids and their positioning and their uh, ability to get know what they want to do with the ball and the, and knowing that the player is going to be there when they switch fields, for example. It's just been really fun to watch. And, you know, to Casey's point about us being more proactive on that uh, has been great. And, and adjusting to the game. I mean, what was it up in uh, New York where we just had to bypass the midfield, right? They mm-hmm. wanted to press and we adjusted and, and positioned well to, to basically play over the midfield. And it, um, that's, that's what I've been impressed with is their ability to adapt and adjust. You know, that the first half of the, the last game wasn't the best, right? But halftime adjustments. Got to give Danny a lot of credit. Um, for being able to do that and seeing him grow as a head coach has been great. I agree. I agree. You know, and you've seen it in the first four games uh, of the season. Uh, For us to only concede one goal in the first four games, you know, that's a pretty impressive start to to start a season with. And um, it's making everybody else in the league uh, wake up and and, uh, take note of what's going on. Because uh, if we can keep that up, then uh, we're going to be a definite force to be reckoned with as we're going forward. I agree. I agree. I mean, especially if we can, and we, for at least from the games that I've attended so far, we have limited transition opportunities, I think, very, very well in the first few games. I mean, obviously, just the way we play, we love to pour numbers forward, we love to attack, we love to take risks with the ball. So there's always going to be transition, especially with how we play. And we're more than likely going to be exposed. I mean, the very the best case will be plus one, but most of the time we'll will be you know we'll be man for man back there. And I think yeah. I think the back four, no matter who the center backs are, have all done a phenomenal job, and and just delaying getting you know just stalling until people can get back. And we've diffused uh-huh. a lot of those situations extremely well. Yeah, that, that's I agree. And um, I know there was a lot of uh, changes going into the. Um, the last game um and you know we you could put that down to the reason why we conceived the goal is because they made so many changes um to the back line um but uh you know other than that that's the only only reason why i i think that we conceded the goal is because it, it, that uh instead of having um was it where sharpie start we had um sean toast start instead you know so um but we're going to concede goals, and uh, you know we just got to look at where that they they, uh, they slipped up, and hopefully they learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, uh, so but been... that, that's what, that's one of the things that I really um, um, try and preach in Scouts' house when you, you're looking at the game is don't just look at the guy that's got the ball. You know, turn your head just like half a degree, and then look on the other side of the pitch and see what the guy's doing over there. Because there's an awful lot more entertainment um, on the pitch other than the guy that's got the ball. Um, and if you can uh, just turn your head just a little bit and see what's going on off the ball, you'd be, um, you'd be surprised at, 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 at exactly what's going on on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, this is way off topic, but it's kind of like fun for us because it's what we do behind our, our side. and We've been doing it for years. So we've had everything from being flipped off at halftime in our section by the keeper to being sure. clapped off. Um, we've had we had a, a keeper that got catfished really well by one of our members. Um, he was trying to swipe left and he probably shouldn't have. And she she pulled it out in about the eighth minute and brought up a lot of stuff and then things got brought up about his dog. Uh, so what's like some of the worst moments being like there was a whole group of idiots like us behind him that have been, you know, We've had at least one or two just to kind of get loosened up, make sure we don't pull a hamstring, yelling at everybody. What's some no. of the worst stuff in the best, the worst and best that's happened behind you? Um, let me see. I remember. I mean, I mean, it's just the classic, the classic stuff about about Victoria, my fiance. I mean, I mean, it's. I like a little creativity and just the you sure. know, like, just just yelling that she's that she slept with Victoria is just you know, it just doesn't it doesn't do it for me. It's like come it's on, so rookie. Like being be more imagined. Be more right. imaginative, you know. Like, uh, there was one time it was in Tulsa. Uh, 
and I was down, I was down on their supporters end or whatever. And I was, and, and, uh, and I, I quickly just did like bend down, do a little stretch, a little like just loosen my groins up or whatever and stood back up. And some woman behind the goal yelled, Oh, I bet you have a hairy ass. <laughs> so I started <laughs> you know, back around and gave him like a little clap, and they were like, Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because uh, I feel so, I felt sorry for Kyle coming in this season because, uh, you know, when I saw that he was actually, uh, he joined Nova City, you know, I was going, Oh, shit, we gave him such a hard time when he was here last season. You know, I was expecting him to uh, start flipping his off as he's coming down to our end this season. Oh, he's a good guy. He'll, he's, he's gonna, he'll, he'll, uh, I'm sure it's all water under the bridge now. Yeah, I would hope. I would hope. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, we gave him hell last season. Yeah, as you should. As you should. It's, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's expected. It's part of the, it's part of, you know, it's part of the thing we do. I think the best one yeah. we had was uh, Spengelberg. Spengelberg. Was, oh, yeah. Uh, was he? Was he Birmingham? Uh, he was, uh, I feel like at one point he was Loudon, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, we, we kind of got confused in the second half and we were looking at his name and nobody came up with anything. So the best thing we could do was SpongeBob because it looked like Spangleberg. <laughs> so then we've got one of our people start doing the SpongeBob SquarePants song, starts leading off. And then the kids got into it, which was fantastic because yeah. all the kids know the SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants. And so at the end of the game, he, I mean, he was, he caught on to it pretty quick. He kind of gave us a couple of looks and I wasn't yeah. sure where we were going to get the flip off or the clap off. And he clapped us off and then tweeted back at us. Great time tonight. That's the most creative thing I've heard. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's kind of like that goalkeeper is like a little appreciation for it. Cause you like the abuse yeah. least somehow it feels good in the back of your head. I don't know. Oh yeah. It's, 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 I, I like it. So it's so much more fun when you can interact, interact with the crowd. Yeah, with the supporter sections. Yeah. But we did we did have a goalkeeper complain on us one time when when we were back at uh, Slugger Field. Oh really? Uh, apparently, apparently we we hurt his feelings. Oh. So uh, he went and uh, complained to uh, Brad Estes at the time, and uh, <laughs> you know uh, all I could get out of Brad Estes was just keep it up. Glenn, oh, Glenn, have you ever given a yellow card to a supporter section? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And not a thought. That's one of my goals. And, and you know, one of the things that you know, um, they they don't want you to interact with the fans as a referee. Uh, if you have somebody who is being an issue, that's why you have game management. And you know, in in, in the USL games, you have a fourth official who can go deal with that uh, for you as as a center because. The last thing you want to, especially dealing with benches and things like that. I mean, if you don't have a fourth official there, that could, that is just nasty to have to have to deal with that. But now, don't interact with the fans. That's the best guidance from a referee <laughs> or parents. Yeah, we or do. We do get a glare line. every once it's, in a while. What's that, Scouts? We we do get a glare every once in a while. I'll have to try and find the footage on the um, the video that I shot because uh, um, I can't remember which game. It wasn't the. It was the. Uh, Miami game, I think it was. I'll have to find it because I got a glare from the referee. I did because it's something about he doesn't like being called a wanker, and uh, you know he, he he did turn around and give me give the supporter section a pretty good glare. I've got to go find that now because that's going to put the <laughs> shit out. Of me. Yeah. Oh. You know, I lo I love hearing you know all the, the Raz and Chris got because when I played there was like twelve people in the stands. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Chris, when when you're uh, you, you're playing with a, a kind of full house at uh, Lynn Family Stadium, um, how does that uh, g you guys up, or does it uh, make you more nervous if you you've got more people in the stands? No, I mean it's when you're at home there's there's two ways to look at it like you know you can you can look at the you know the the pressure that oh my god so many people are coming out to watch like or like we always like like to you know say you put on a show like you like, these fans are here to see you and there's only one way that they're going to come back and it's if you guys do well so fuck, just go out there and do your jobs and like and bring them back you know and that's how it always felt then and, and then whenever we would play away and it was it was a decent crowd it was all my favorite thing was oh great it's even more people to disappoint you know <laughs> I want, silent. cool i get to ruin as many people's nights as possible like that's that's more the merrier so what was it like um down in um 
Tampa in, in November because, uh, you know, we had a bunch of uh, people that came on down and um, kudos to the club because, uh, you know, once, once we found that we had, we were in the uh, that final and the, all of a sudden these plane tickets are flying around and we're all going to, down there to see you guys. So what was it like out there on the pitch for the final? I mean, it was, I mean, it was, uh, I'm a, I'm a, so up until about 60 minutes, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Up until yeah. You know, about 60th minute mark, we were, you know, in the second half, we obviously came out a little more conservative, which I think, you know, I think a lot of us would maybe say, you know, we might, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would do things differently. That, yeah. I mean, that first half, though, I was like, okay, I was like, we're going to roll them four or five nil. And we're going to go. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be back at Lynn next week, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the last few minutes, I mean, even after that first goal, I was, I was certain we were going to hang on. I was like, you know, we, we've held on to leads before. We've, you know, we've held on to leads and tough and teams that are really putting pressure on us harder than, than they are. Cause I mean, they really only had, you know, the big guys in the box, but they weren't breaking yeah. us down. But yeah. you know, it was one of those things that just, oh, that was, that was a, that was a tough, one of the tougher ways, I think, to, <laughs> that I've lost to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there's, there's no easy way around it, you know. We, no. You know, it, it, uh, it's disappointing for everybody, but, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you guys because uh, you took it right down there to the end and, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, I had a blast down there watching you guys play, and uh, it was definitely a great day out for everybody that went down there. And uh, you know, I'm proud of you, of everybody that uh, was on the team that day. You know, proud of you guys. I really appreciate that, and I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure the guys, all the guys that will that will hear this will yeah. really appreciate that too. I mean, it is yeah. It's one of because we could make fun, we could make fun of all the Indy Eleven fans that were, were sitting at home on the couch watching. you guys were there, we were there. We take we take the high road here. Yeah, mm. <laughs> well, I can tell you that we were at Saints, um, and we got there. Shannon and I got there uh, about two hours early, and got a table for eight of us. The mayor came in at thirty minutes before the game. He didn't have a place to go. He ended up being at our table because it was that packed at Saints. I don't even want to get into fire marshal codes or anything like that for how packed Saints was. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce and them couldn't keep up. There was no way, but we were all in it together. And it was uh, it was one of the cooler atmospheres. One of the I think one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in was watching Liverpool win the Champions League at Molly's. Uh, I don't know how many hundreds of people we had there, Scouts 300. You and I were singing that morning, yeah. leading them all. But outside of the, I've never seen a place that packed. So that's the things that you all don't see. And I know that. It's pretty cool, but that's how much this thing has gone from where nobody even wanted to watch soccer in this town. I remember taking my daughter to Molly's um, and she learned her first cuss word sitting at the front of Molly's watching a Liverpool match like at 730 in the morning. She's sitting at the bar and she's like nine, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> we're eating eggs and bacon and she's learning her first cuss words. I'm like, that's about right. You got started early. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, I've got a, I've got a burning question for you. Yeah. Earlier, you were talking about you were the, the at one point you were the third string goalkeeper. Yeah, same thing Casey you, was. Yeah, why why did you uh, not want to quit? What made you? Because I'm sure that you know we're going to yeah. have um, some kids watching this that uh, you know why would you want to be just the third string? Why why don't you just quit and go find some place where you can actually go play? You know what what drove you forward to to get go from the, the third string goalkeeper to our number one? Yeah. Um, you know, I always knew I'd have to pay my dues. The goalkeeper, it's, it's always the easiest to break in right away, you know. Um, a lot of goalkeepers got to pay, you know, got to pay their dues and, and wait their turn. So I, so I knew that was always going to be a possibility, but I just, I, I just really wanted to play. Like, I, when the team first started, uh, my dad is actually one of the, the first, you know, he's one of the, he's one of the big group of owners and all he, he's got a season tickets from day one. So my dad and I would watch the games and I watched it grow until I, you know, when I was playing the other day and I was like, God, this is awesome. Like, I know, I know at the time it was slugger. I was like, you know, God, this, I know it's a baseball field. I know it's, you know, 45% turf. Um, but I want to, I want to play on it. Like I want to play in my hometown. I want to, I want to, I want to have a picture of myself in the goal with the smoke coming behind. Like I, you know, I, I just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And, uh, and, I was, 
as soon as I got my health stuff sorted, it was, it was one of those things where I, I had to, you know, do I really commit? Cause this, this, this recovery is not going to be easy to really commit to it. Or do I, you know, go back to Notre Dame, finish my, finish my master's and just go, you know, go join the workforce. And I was like, you know, what? I'm not ready. I still have more things that I want to do, especially with the stadium coming up. I was like, I want to be a part of this. I, I, I've, I've put in so much work so far and I, and I, I just didn't want to stop. I just didn't want to stop it there. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Casey? Cause you've been in the same spot, haven't you? At some point. Yeah. So I mean, my, I, my career ended uh, because of injury. So I had to medically retire due to concussions. Um, so technically I'm not allowed to play, but I remember when I was going for the college search, um, I had interest in many other different universities and, you know, kept kind of looking around, but I knew that I wanted to play at U of L because at the time, like that was the top women's soccer in Louisville was being able to play at U of L. And I watched, I grew up going to the games. I grew up watching, you know, the players, one of the players was like one of my coaches growing up. And so I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And when I signed on to play with them, it was in the Big East, and I didn't know that I was going to get the chance to be able to, one, open up the brand-new stadium there, and then, two, get to play in three different conferences. So I got to play in the Big East, the American, and the ACC. And so being able to be a part of that, and I actually got hurt my first senior year, and they told me my career would be over, um, and that was the opening of the seat, the stadium. And I had to come down to the choice of, you know, do I – try to come back or do I let this injury like in my career and do I like I was going to you know move to Spain and do teaching abroad and whatnot and just like Chris said like I, I knew what wasn't over for me and I knew that I still had something else to do and that was to be able to play in the stadium and be able to finish out my career and then it ended up not ending the way that I wanted it to but I still got that chance and it was and I wouldn't have traded it for the world because being able to play at home in front of the home fans for my team that I grew up watching was incredible. Yeah. So Glenn, would, would you have been where you're at today without having these lovely ladies to, uh, to take to soccer practice and, uh, you know, cause, uh, would you have been a referee if it wasn't for these ladies? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I, you know, when I, when I played, well, there was no pro league, um, back then. And really it was, um, uh, do I want to continue to play soccer? Do I want to be an engineer? Because engineering school is not easy. So I, I ended up uh, opting for the engineering path and hang, hanged up my boots at, uh, at Louisville. Um, and then got the girls involved in it. And Casey started playing, I think, when she was three. And then they all started playing. And I think we were in it 19 years. We've traveled, figured it out for work. We did get to know you thing. 250,000 miles in 75 wow. cities and 28 states that we visited over the course of their careers. I mean, from yeah. driving down on a Thursday to watch one of them play at, at North Carolina and then driving back to pick up my wife so that we could drive on Saturday to Virginia to watch them play on Sunday and then drive back on Sunday. I mean, that's those are the things you do, well, for your kids and for the love of the game, right? Because it is. I, I still, I mean, you see, we're, we're at the games. I love the game. It is, it's the beautiful game. It's so much fun uh, to participate in, to, to help. And, you know, from a referee perspective and the administrator to give back to it, because yeah. you try to find the ways that you can get back to the game. And because it's given so much for me and my family. Yeah. So, so um, I, go ahead. Well, I would say I have a question for Chris about, uh, Scott Budnick, is he, is oh, yeah. he too, was he too hard on you, you know, or no. is he a hard coach or an easy coach? I, you know, Budnick will, Budnick was always, he all, he was so scared because we had the, it was the first year, the full-time year with Hack, and, and it was the first year Budnick was not just the interim guy, he was the guy, and it was the most unlucky string of events that happened, so I was already hurt, and then within a week, Tim and Ben both got hurt. So we had no goalkeepers on the roster and we had to start just panic, like getting in whoever, like just bodies, just put someone in the, I don't care who it is. I don't care where he's from, bring him in till these guys are, you know, Tim had like a high ankle sprain and Ben had his 
I just foot problem. Um, but so I think <laughs> I would say he was too easy on me because he was so scared of me getting hurt. He was like, I can't get, I, was like, I can't let you get hurt, man. I'm like, dude, like, I, I know, but I'm like, please work, work me, man, work me. But it, it was all, it was all for, you know, he was just looking up. I, because uh, when he moved to town, I was the goalkeeper coach at St. X. Oh, really? And I coached him, yeah, for three years. And, oh. um, yeah, he was, uh, he was a challenge because he always would say, how can I get better? And I'd, I'd be like, well, let me go b- find a book somewhere and we'll read it and figure <laughs> it out. But, <laughs> but he, was, he, was, he was a lot of fun, always, always wanting to do better. So I was just wondering if he was easy or hard as a coach because I oh, tried yeah. to work his tail off. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had, I had uh, you know, it was, it was weird. It was the first. It was the first coach um, I'd have to ask to, you know, like, come on, work me. Come on, give me something. <laughs> give me something. Here. <laughs> okay, so um, I've got a burning question there for you, Chris. Yeah. See, Kenny, right there. If you look behind him, right there, there's a, the, the Liverpool crest is right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yep. Mr. Whitfield, right there, Mr. Glenn. He's uh, he's a Liverpool supporter. Yeah, I'm a Liverpool supporter. I know that. Okay. I know that. How did you figure that out? <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> so, uh, do you follow a team in the Premier League? No, I don't. I, no. I, I just I, I never felt right. right felt, never okay. felt right. Right, picking one. But uh, like, I mean, the only I've only been to one Prem game. Uh, it was when yep. I was, was when I was studying abroad. It overlapped with that closing of the season, so I got to see. A relegation battle uh, between uh, Tottenham and then Hull. If they would have somehow won, it was like Harry Kane's yeah. first year on the scene. If Hull, if Hull would have somehow pulled off a win, they would have stayed stayed in the Prem, but uh, they didn't. But it was cool. Yeah. I got to see Harry Kane live on his on his first like first coming out, you know, coming onto the yeah. stage. So I, I hear that um, um, Cam Lancaster used to play with Harry Kane. He did, man. He did. His stories yeah. are funny. That it was just it was like it was one of those things where like it was they, they were they were touting Cam and they were like they're like oh but Harry Kane you know Harry they're they like when they were comparing those two coming through the through the youth academies was was interesting to hear yeah I don't remember the, so, the, the details of the story but it was it was really cool hearing Cam yeah Cam say it yeah so yeah we're, we're gonna have to get you down to Molly's and watch a few Liverpool games with all those lunatics of course and, uh, because well, I think- they. I think my fiance, she says that her favorite team is Liverpool. I got her into soccer. She loves okay. soccer, and she she really loves Liverpool. She so we really, 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 really like her a lot. We're yeah. a girl. We like a her girl. a lot. What's, what's yeah. your girlfriend's name? Uh, well, fiance now is a uh, Victoria. Victoria, remember okay, they were Victoria. yelling. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to come and join us. I will. I will. I'll tell her. I was like, you know, there's a nice big yeah. TV. You can see Alex on when he when he comes on the TV, and she'll be like, I'm in. Let's go. So, Glenn, uh, you know, I've got to ask you this burning question, you know, because uh, how is it you let um, your your children go to the uh, the blue side? And uh, because you're obviously a, a red and they, they woke up one day and said, man, I'm going to fuck him over. I'm a Chelsea supporter. You know, how, how did you let that happen? Well, I try to let them live their own lives and make their own choices, however poor they may be. Um, <laughs> but I, I will tell you, um, my my second daughter, Maddie, um, was a big Fernando Torres fan, and she was a Liverpool mm-hmm. fan, and she loved Fernando Torres. And then he often went to Chelsea, and so instead of keeping her allegiance to Liverpool, she kept her allegiance with Fernando Torres, and then she she became mm-hmm. a Chelsea fan, and then Casey was a Chelsea fan, I think in 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 hiding, and she came out, and then oh, I'd always been one, and yeah. the reason behind it, I do have a reason why it was Chelsea, because I played in a tournament down in Disney, and it was sponsored by Chelsea, and so like when we got the medals, like it had Chelsea on it, and it was the first time I'd really learned about the Premier League, and I was like, well, this is really cool. So that's why I became a Chelsea fan. So there's a legit reason. Yeah, but I just couldn't couldn't get them to come <laughs> yeah. to the good uh, side. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's worse. Uh, there's worse blues to be though. From an from an ever, from a Liverpool perspective, I think. Yeah. Yes, there is. There is. You could be Everton supporter, and you know when uh, you know they've all got stiff necks right now because they're forever looking up. Yeah, speaking of relegation yeah. battles. 
Yeah, that'd be a shame, really, because uh, I don't think Everton have ever been relegated in my lifetime, no. ever. You know, um, because there's only two teams in the um, in the Premier League right now in the, the top flight. They've never been relegated. One's Arsenal, and the other one is Everton. So uh, hopefully, Everton can pull it out. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, because who's going to want to go to that nice new um, stadium that they're building? If, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, in the championship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, so anyway, um, what what else have you got uh, going on with you, Chris? Because uh, you're not playing anymore. So what's on the horizon for you? Uh, my fiance and I are moving to uh, Denver in May. Okay. So she got a... She was. She works at a law firm, and they have an office out in Denver. And they had need, they had need out there, and uh, so they offered her. To, like, would you be interested in you know relocating to Colorado? And it was like right at the time that I was thinking about uh, retiring, and I was like, yes, let's do it. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. let's go. We both love the outdoors, so it's a, it's a perfect, uh, perfect setup. Are you gonna get into coaching while you're out there, or you? you I might I, do something totally different. I might. I maybe on the side, not for my my full my full time thing. I'm trying to. I'm currently in the job search for uh, specifically in like sustainability consulting kind of right now. So yeah. I, I'm in the interview process with a few places. So hopefully, uh, hopefully something comes up. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Cause, uh, I appreciate. It. You know, you're always welcome in in Scouser's house whenever you're there, and uh, we'd love to have you back there, uh, giving the, the goalkeeper some stick. <laughs> always. I, I know. I know just the right things to say. Yeah, at yeah, the right time. Yeah, you're not going to educate us. You don't know, far post. You can always <laughs> grab a whistle again. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, um, Kenny's brought up a, a good point right there. So when you, you're standing in front of us, do you hear anything that we're yelling at you? Sometimes I can. It, it, it has to – it depends on a lot of things. It depends on, like, the overall loudness of the crowd. depends on how, you know, focused I am into the game. But uh, sometimes, most times I can. It depends, like, yeah. it, especially if it's on the other end. But if it's on this end, the ball's on this half of the field. I am not listening to anything at all. Yeah, you just focused on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, what do you got going on there, Kenny? Nothing. Uh, we've got uh, racing kicks off here. Is this being recorded in three minutes on Paramount Plus? I get, believe they're going against Chicago tonight. Is that correct? Yep. That is correct. Uh, uh-huh. Yep. So yeah, th- this is not great for recorded so. stuff, <laughs> but that's what actually what's happening in the world right now. Um, and then we've got Wednesday, uh, which is good for recorded stuff in the Challenge Cup against Chattanooga, uh, there at Lynn Family Stadium. I believe that's at seven thirty. Yeah. Um, so, I believe, right? Yeah. The U.S. Open, U.S. Open Cup. Sorry. Yeah, U.S. Open Cup. So it's fun to get that going again since that was canceled last year. Yeah. Because that's such a fun competition. Okay. Well, I, I, I do have it. one message though. You know, from Miss uh, Tawana Andrew that comes and joins us in Scouts' house. You know, I want to try and figure out how it is that we can go through the whole week like today. It's 80 degrees outside. But as soon as we kick off at home, there's ice on the pitch. There's, uh, there's wind whistling around the stadium. It's raining. It's pouring down with sleet and snow. Um, and then the next day, it's like this. It's been it's been that way every I, I, ever since I've been on the team. It's like beautiful during the week. I'm like, here we go. Get a nice, beautiful day. Get everybody out. And it's always the weather. And the beginning of the year is always awful. Only on game days. So you're listening to this, Tawana to to Andrew. I want to know why it is it's <laughs> the crappiest weather on game day. <laughs> I think you're going to have to appeal to a higher authority. <laughs> <laughs> I have every faith in our Tawana. <laughs> so, um, and then before we get off here, I just want to thank everybody for um, sending the money into the uh, Scouser's house. And if you haven't done it yet, um, I'll send the QR code over to um, Kenny to add on to the uh, this podcast um, because uh, without the support of everybody in Scouts' house, you know, I w- wouldn't be able to get flags or um, uh, any any of that stuff to to help us, uh, you know, like this this podcast and everything else that goes with uh, running Scouts' house. Um, it takes people like you to help us uh, do that. So I uh, appreciate everyone that, that sent um, their dues in. And if you haven't done it yet, it's only 10 bucks. You know, we're, we're not like um, everybody else raising the prices and stuff. You know, we're just going to keep it at 10 bucks. And um, because I know people are kind of struggling right now. So 
But thank you. Scouts, thanks for setting this up. No, anytime. Thank you, Chris, uh, for joining us and Casey and Glenn. Um, it really means a lot to me that we can get together and uh, have some friendly banter over uh, a podcast. And thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. I always love uh, coming on these. Yeah, Good, because you'll we'll be on there again. Even though you're <laughs> in uh, Colorado, we'll you'll have you back on it. Yeah, I got, I got, I'll have Wi-Fi out there. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm in. Okay. All right. So, um, and then of course, you know um, that uh, I started my new job today. You did. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. And um, they, they, they were begging me to come back to the Crown Plaza. Don't call it a comeback. So, and they said, yeah. And they said, I'll, we'll pay you all this extra money if you come on back. So I said, oh, well, okay. So if you're at a way supporter and you uh, want to come stay at a, a hotel that um, Scouts are managing, then please book <laughs> me up. And, um, you know, when you make your reservation for Crown Plaza at uh, Louisville Airport, then uh, just say that you know Scouts. All right. So, but thank you, Chris. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Kenny. And yes, let's sir. get in there and uh, go watch the the, uh, the ladies beat uh, Chicago. Kick it off. Right. One minute to go. All right. We'll see you all. Okay. Cheers. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.